This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. the message. Where it has this morning, you put this evening. One to go. As I said, so listen to the word of God today. A door of utterance has been opened unto me, and I hear his voice, God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, walk ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I'm not distracted by anything or anyone. The word of God is food to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this evening. It's wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the spirit of God opens new things to me. He also I come to understand God's system on the earth, instruction, encouragement, correction, meant to live out God's will. Amen. All right, I want to touch on something this evening. Some of you still said morning after we said say evening. This internal programming. All right. I, I want to um, touch on something about our love work. Um, this evening, but we uh, spoke on Sunday and also last week about faith, faith in the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, The fact that um, God wants us to experience his love because it's when we have experienced his love that we will now have that sense of, um, a high sense of self, or what we call self-worth. And so we will also have to be able to give unto others. And what, what we showed is that what actually causes us to experience the love of God, which manifests itself in God doing with his power, exceeding abundantly above what you have imagined will happen or what you have even prayed unto him to happen. So you have an imagination that you are communicating to God in prayer And by working in love, you create the condition in your life where Christ comes to dwell or makes your heart his home. And from that position, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above what you have imagined or prayed. And it's faith in his love or faith in his mercy. That's what the scripture terms when it says the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the entire earth 
looking for someone whose heart is perfect towards him so that he can show himself strong in the life of that person. And so that what he's looking for is people that will hope in his mercy. Uh, Psalm 35, verse 16 to verse 19. Next verse. No, sorry. All right, put Second Chronicles chapter, let me first do that, chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. And when they began to sing, sorry, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, uh, the Bible says that the Lord has set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sinai which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Sorry, go back to verse uh, 18. It's the song I'm trying to get. Verse 18, sorry. Go back to verse 18. And the worship law, verse 19. Uh, the Bible says, so they worship, verse 19. And the Levites and the children of God, children of God, stood up to praise the Lord with a loud voice on high. Verse 20, and they rose up in the morning and they said, Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Verse 21, and then the scripture says, And when they had consulted with the people, they appointed singers that they should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, so say, praise the Lord for his mercies endureth forever. Now they praised what? The beauty of his holiness. And they said, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And then the scripture says, as they began to praise the Lord, that singing that song, the Lord set ambushments there, and they were smitten. And verse 23 tells us, uh, they destroyed themselves, they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. And then verse 24, the Bible says, and when Judah came to us, watchtower in the wilderness, they looked at the multitude, Behold, there were dead bodies falling to the earth, none escaped. And verse 25, And when Jehoshaphat and Israel came to take away the spoil, they found among them in abundance both riches with dead bodies, precious jewels, at which they stripped off for themselves. The Bible says more than they could carry away. So they left a lot there. Because it was more than they could carry away. And the scripture tells us right there that they were there, put it back, for three days. So they were right there for three days there, gathering the spoil, for it was so much and it was more than they could carry away. Now, what they did was to praise God. And they praised the beauty of his holiness saying, praise the Lord 
for his mercy endureth forever. Then Psalm 33, verse 16 to verse 19. Psalm 33. So the song was about God's mercy. So they didn't win by the might of their own army against the army of Jehoshaphat. Oh, sorry, against the army that came against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat didn't win by the might of his own army. He won because he put his trust in the mercy of God. Now, Psalm 33. It says, there is no king saved by the multitude of a host. And a man, a mighty man, is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. The next verse says, Behold, the eye of the Lord are upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. So it is upon them that believe that the mercy of God and God's compassion is stronger than any force that is coming against them. In other words, they that observe life vanities, which is the mind of the army, they forsake their own mercy because they believe that that situation is stronger, so to speak, all right, than even the love of God, and they don't know the love of God. But Jonah said, I will sacrifice with a voice of thanksgiving and not forsake that mercy. I will acknowledge that mercy. I will put my faith in God's love for me as a person. He said this, he said, and he saw the power of God manifested in that situation. So this should be a daily practice of ours, all right? You should always acknowledge God's goodness towards you and God's mercy and his love towards you even when things appear difficult. You see, you are not in a transactional relationship with God. Where? All right? Because many people are spoiled and they transfer that thing to God. Which means, if it's, if it, and I think it's like, if things are going on well, then I will praise God. If things are not going on well, then I have a right. That's, that's what defeats people. All right? To feel down. And I have a right. All right? To be moody. And I have a right to refuse all right, so praise God. See, God, praising God doesn't make him more like God. Your praising him doesn't add to him. What praise does is that it changes you and puts you in a condition where God can bless you as a person. So, and where you're going to prove that love all right, for you as a person is where you get into those difficult places and you acknowledge, we said this on Sunday, his goodness and the fact that his compassion endures forever. In fact, as, just, as I was reading that scripture, that's why we say people should read scripture because this, there are two ways God ministers to you. You can listen to me preach. You can put your eyes on the scripture and the scripture can minister directly to you in a new way. 
Why well, I was looking at that scripture, it came to me when I was preaching at Abuja on Sunday, but it came back again. And then God added a scripture as I was reading it to my mind, and it's true. When he says, praise him for the beauty of his holiness. Now, it tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 that without holiness, follow peace with all men. And it says, and holiness without which no man, all right, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, he had already said, if we go back in Hebrews chapter 12 there, where it says, lift up your holy, um, lift up the hands that hang down, and then it talks about the feeble knees, and make straight parts, all right? Lift up, sorry, go back there. It says, lift up, all right, the hands that hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which be lamed, which means lame, which is injured, which is wounded, be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. And then it says, follow peace. That, that's the path of peace there that you have to follow and holiness. And what it's talking about is your walk and your lifting up of your hands unto God. So for holiness, you are praising God for the beauty of his holiness there. Praising him that he's good. Even though you are experiencing something, it says, that may be grievous, but you acknowledge that he is good and his mercy endureth forever. And that you might be experiencing the chastisement of God. In other words, God wants to correct something on the inside of you that is hindering you, all right, from actually getting blessed. That's what really is going on. But the reason why we go through tests we saw this in Romans chapter 5. It says we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. And not only that we rejoice in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience worketh strength of character, or what is called experience. That strength of character and experience worketh hope. And that hope makes us not ashamed or through the love of God, it, no container that we have can, can hold what he wants to bring. But he says that patience works experience. Experience is strength of character. In other words, what God is saying is you have to go through some tests in order for your character to be built up. That's the only reason. So that you can handle what he's bringing. Let me repeat the only reason why you must go through crisis and you have to go through it is that your character has to be developed because what he is bringing into your life, if your character is not developed, it will destroy you. Right? The thing is going to the Bible says the prosperity of a foolish man destroys, all right, every one of them. When we Said this church, one of the first people that got married in this church said, and it affected her marriage. In fact, in fact, it, it affected her marriage that this guy got married to her when the one, not married, but he, I just went the one, Third Mainland Bridge. And it was raining, he came out of the car. And this, how, I just want to show how dramatic it was and how romantic it was. And he knelt down, it was raining, and she said, What's the problem? And she came out and he presented the ring in the ring. So you can say, Oh, this man. All right? That, listen to me. Now, listen to one. Pull your ears well. That marriage did not last three months. Listen to what I'm saying to you. One, two, three. 
Apparently, she realized later on, he was offered a senior management position, but they said he has to be married. In the rain, knelt down. All right. But I'm just telling you that in the subconscious of the lady, she had told her friend, this many years, this is almost, almost 25 years, told her friend that I don't desire, I'm that, I don't desire my husband to ever be rich. Uh, you are saying her now. <laughs> now, look, you have to understand this, and we're going to get there. She, she didn't just say it from her head. Train a child in the way that she go, and when they grow up, we're going to depart from it. Some of you may be saying her, but you don't know you are programmed that way too. And the reason is, her father broke through, became wealthy, he took a second wife. So she associated that when he didn't have money, he was faithful. When money came, he brought, married somebody else and left them and went away. So her own concept is, my man must remain at this level. And I will not allow him. I hope you know that you have entered into witchcraft. By I hope you understand where I have. And, and I will not allow him. But it's coming, all right, from a certain place, right, in the background, okay, of that particular person. That's what's influencing, right, her mind in that kind of decision. So when it tells us there and talks about uh, the lame food, let it be healed rather than, you know, being turned out of the way, that lift up your hands and follow peace with all men. It's speaking about, all right, two things here, praising that him for the beauty of his holiness, worshiping him for the beauty of his holiness there, saying that the Lord is good and that this thing I am going through is for my own sake, that my character may be corrected, are you following what I'm saying here? That's what he's doing. That's why he says the chastisement of God is grievous. And he says, if you are without chastisement, he says, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons? Bastards then mean that you'll be unable to receive the inheritance because you haven't gone through the correction in your character that is needed. So what really causes the stress is not the, the situation but the refusal of an individual to know that that situation is demanding a change and they don't want to change. That's what causes stress. What causes stress is not the environment, but the fact that the person, I want to talk about the, the person just refuses, which means I'm not going to change. I will remain, all right, the same way that I am now. So there are changes that have to occur on the inside of you, and you are rejoicing in that tribulation there. You know, listen. I, 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 there's a, a documentary I'm watching on Netflix because I follow cricket, and it was the captain of, of the South African cricket team just after apartheid. And he went into match fixing, and it, he, he had to leave the team. He was disgraced out of the team. Funny enough, he later on died in a plane crash. And you know, I just realized this morning, when I was watching documentary, because I just stumbled on it, I said, oh, this man, let me watch his documentary. And I knew when he died in the crash. He went to Pastor Ray McCauley's church. He was alive something when he became captain. And they gave him the mic, and he was talking about his life and his commitment to Jesus. 
And he said on the pulpit, that's why you be careful what you say. He said, look, the most important thing to us is about our love for Jesus. He talked about when he had an accident and he killed a, a young um, Africa, um, Zulu lady. Of course, you know, just coming out of appetite then. So it was real crisis in South Africa and that he gave his life to Christ. And the most important thing, and he said it this way. He said, if, even if I die from a plane crash, he said it. He said, this is what he said, even if I die from a plane crash, I will meet with my master and I'll be able to an answer to my master, well done. But he also said something in that, because three of them came, they were born again. And I said, this is Christianity, he just said now. He said, we commit our faith to God concerning this cricket thing we are doing. We don't ask God to make us win matches. We ask him to grant us the grace to play the best that we can. Because two people can be asking God to win the match. But the real issue is that when you... Are you following what I'm saying here? Okay? So God is not about acting first on the outside. It's about changing you on the inside. So that you become a type of person who can now go out and change the world there. This is what I'm saying. You can be praying to God for a job or you can ask God to make you the kind of person that for the rest of your life you will not be without a job. Do you get what I say here? That means you've accepted responsibility now and then you start praying that way and then God now shows you certain things and in the process of doing that leads you to add certain skill sets to yourself to the point where all right, next thing that happens is without you now praying, six companies, best companies in, the, in Africa are looking for you because of your skill. Are you following me? You cannot have a neurosurgeon in the world that is looking for a job. Impossible. Do you get what we're saying? It's impossible. You can't have a neurosurgeon that is looking for work. It is impossible. The reason is they have, the demand is more than the word supply. So the question you should ask yourself, what supply are you bringing? If there is no job, it means they don't demand what you have. And what you may have is just the shirt you wear. That's all. Do you get what I'm saying? Which means the skill is not relevant to them. Are you following me? Please understand this. This world is not a place of charity. Where people are donating money to no productivity. Even if they do it that way, it's because they have more money than sense. The day the environment makes them have more sense than money, they will arrange what is going on inside the place. And I learned that from a friend's mother. She was building a very fast, she was an architect. She was doing a fantastic house. One time we were driving, she just took with her, she looked like, I said, that house. Ah. She just finished it now. I'm telling you, this thing happened. She just finished it. Because when my mother was birthday, she came. She, she now lived in America for almost 20 years, but just came back and now renovated the house. But she started that house maybe 19, maybe 1980. Fantastic building. She said, it was when I had more money than since I was building. <laughs> You're laughing. All right, so you praise him for the beauty of his holiness. Another thing you must learn also is this. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 8. And please understand it. People that treat people right. This is why walking in love is so important. People that treat people right are the most blessed people on the earth. It's not the most talented people, all right? People that treat people right. Matthew 7, verse 8, Jesus said, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. What man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, uh, ask bread, he will give him a stone. All right? And if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good gifts to them that ask him? Therefore, all things. Now, he said, therefore. He's connecting your father giving good gifts to them that ask him. He said, your father will give good gifts to them that ask him. He said, because of that, which means therefore, because your father is willing to give good gifts unto you. Therefore, he said this, whatsoever you will that men should do to you, do even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. In other words, he said, these things you're asking and praying about, most of them are going to come through the hands of men. And the law is... Whatsoever you want men to do unto you, do the same unto them. In other words, God, in answer to your prayer, will give you an opportunity to do unto others or to somebody a fraction of what he wants, all right, of what he is about to do in your life through somebody. He has to go through, there's a legal way into it. So he will nudge you, right, to behave and to treat people in a certain way so that he can get people. You know, the pastor, I went to preach in Ibado on, on, on Friday and Saturday in the church in Ibado, and the pastor said, listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to pass on the spot. He doesn't know about this story, but I'm going to tell this story. And he said, you know, I lost my job. He said, and pastor just saw me once, and it was an usher. Then he said, I heard you lost your job. I was wondering how you felt. Well, to cut the long story short, he now said, when he was preaching one day, he just said, there's somebody here, I think, you may think you don't have faith for this, but you do have the faith for it. And, you know, he just he said, I think he said something like, somebody is going to come into, uh, walk into your life that is a total stranger and with your faith and bring a blessing to you. He said, he just received the word. Well, he had started his business three months, no client. He said, you believe the first client he got was a foreign organization in that business he was doing that started paying him in U.S. dollars. He said, and they met him on the internet. And they trusted him absolutely. I've never seen anything like that. Absolute trust. He said, and they were willing to invest and he started earning in dollars, all right, doing the work they wanted to do in Nigeria as their representative. He said, however, in the course after he lost his job, he said, pastor was preaching once and he talked about helping other people. You know, the Bible says that you will reap in due season if you do what? Faint not. Do good. Now, now to all men, he says you will reap in due season. Uh, the, the due season will come where the door will be opened up. But before that due season comes, what you should be doing is practicing helping others. 
He said he will take his wife to work. Since he didn't have any job, he will drive her to work, drop her at work. That's an act of service too. Some people, they might, you have no job. You can't drive anybody anywhere. You, you are, you are, are you following what I'm saying here? Even trying to establish your lordship again on top of... Uh -huh. So you drove, all right, to work, dropped her, and he said he will, he now listened to her. When he's coming back, he will see cars that are broken down. He said so by himself, just to be of help, he went to buy a thick rope that he could use to tie to cars and pull them. So his second work became helping people when he's coming back on third mainland. However, he said he was wise. The only people he helped were women because so that he doesn't, you know, the, before you, he steals, you are helping. Or he looks at the size of the guy and he knows that <laughs> if anything happens, I can take this one on. So he will check the size. Or he's a woman, all right? And then he will tie it. He said, and he will drag cars. That's the second work he was doing. He said, and he just helped them, that he had known that if I can help a stranger this way, one day a stranger will walk in and help me in this. That's why we said, follow peace, all right, and what? Holiness. You are praising him for the beauty of his holiness, but you extend goodwill unto all men. All right, look at what it says here. Straight, the next verse there. It says, straight. Then, uh, that Matthew here. No, Matthew chapter 7. All right, which heaven gave God to them that ask him. Verse 12. He now says this, therefore all things whatsoever you want men to do unto you, the same do to them, for this is the law and the prophet. Then the next verse, it says, enter in at the what? Straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and there are many that go in therein. Verse 14, it says, but straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few people that do what? Find it. So how you treat other people? All right, how you treat other people. Okay, and your own praise of God. All right then. Having said that, I come to the message. This was just supposed to lay foundation, so we get to the message. I'll see whether I can do it in 20 minutes. James chapter 3 and verse 13. It's a real message I came to preach. James chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? And the title of the message is The Love of God is Wisdom in Manifestation. So the love of God is not foolishness. Do you get what I'm saying? Not just, hey, love, uh, love, and then they are just treating you anyhow. Yeah, I'm love, uh, love. All right? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about supporting bad behavior. Do you get what I'm saying here? We're not talking about enabling people who are living wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, when Paul said, he that will not walk, let him not eat. If you read it in the custom and the historical aspect of that letter, this is the story behind it. People used to come as strangers and the church, all right, had the responsibility to help them and to, and to welcome strangers. But they now discover that people were exploiting that, which means that you just know that because what goes around, that people are really helpful. And people, the human nature can be exploitative, yeah. All right, there was a time in this church we used to give flash drives for newcomers. 
we just realized that the numbers of newcomers was just skyrocketing. First three weeks, we were rejoicing that God is really moving. But then we now notice that, that as the message is end, ending, is when they just be coming, walking, walking. Well, I won't say where they came from, because some of you may, be, may come from the place where they came from. <laughs> so that you're not But they'll just be coming in a mass here. All right? And we are recording, first time I should be like that, then number 32, we said since 76, 87. So when I saw the numbers, I said, ah, I think it's flash drive that is the problem. Change it, because it was my message used to put on flash drive, a series. Just change it to CDs. So put it there. So the, the person who was welcoming didn't know that we had changed it to see this. So he was just saying, you have a flash drive and all of that. Next thing, everybody was also being, excuse me, this, how can a newcomer, how can a newcomer be saying that? He said, excuse me, to the person, there's no flash drive, he said, see this. <laughs> they were collecting a flash drive and selling the thing, all right? So when you open your door like that, people can do what? Exploit it. So people will come uh, I said this during platform once, that a guy in church, you know, he said he needed dead. And they were Christians, you know, and people can exploit that. And this friend came when they were cooking. He just happened to come. And they said, oh, do you want to eat? I said, oh, yes, he wants to eat. And then the next day again, at that very same time, he just happened to come in, and they would sit down and eat. And then they would cook again. They just noticed that. Ah, guys, what's up? It was always timed, the food. Now, what that means is that you move it back by one hour. So by the time he's coming in, you're already finishing the food. <laughs> you see that the guy that used to stay for an hour will only stay three minutes and go. So there has to be wisdom, all right? Even if you don't have, they will make you have wisdom. Because <laughs> when you pray for them that despitefully use you, God will teach you how to walk in wisdom next time. Because people don't understand. When they say pray for them, they think that just have a go. God will teach you. Say, oh God, affliction doesn't come a second time. Okay? So they will come. So what Paul now taught them, was anybody that comes in like that as a stranger, give him food the first day. Second day, ask him what he wants to eat. On the third day, ask him, which skill does he have? It's time to walk. Now, if he tells you that he doesn't have any skill to walk, you will go out and any work you find, you will give him. Even if it's to carry stones from one point to another, see you say you have no skill. This you can do. You have hands. Carry stone and cross. If he now says he is not doing, then he that will not walk, tell him food has been seized. Are you following what I'm saying here? Uh, so uh, it's just like someone's in the house, uh, maybe brother, somebody's eating, and you're saying, he says, what? He says, I'm an entrepreneur. What? And he's eating the food. What? I have this idea, I'm an entrepreneur. After some time, <laughs> say, oh, guy, entrepreneur. <laughs> Listen to me. There is, I saw I was coming back, I saw a school over there. They said, English teachers wanted. <laughs> Go and teach and get some money. 
He says, but I'm an entrepreneur. Don't worry. You can be teaching. I'll be creating ideas. I'm doing that. So the scriptures say, let's go back, James chapter 3, 13 here. It says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? So there is someone who is wise and who is endued with what? Knowledge. And let me tell you, this kind of knowledge comes in the pursuit of your goals. Because the Bible says that hope deferred maketh the heart sick. When the desire comes, is a what? Tree of life. He said, my son, eat honey and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul when you have found it. There shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be cut off. So if your expectation is cut off, if your hope is deferred, if you are not reaching your goals as you want to, then it's nothing else but a lack of knowledge of what? Wisdom. Okay? So a woman taught her child, said there are three ways in which you can get money. You can steal it, all right? If you do that, you're going to trouble. You can inherit it. She said, you know, there's no money in this family, so inheritance is out. The third is that you can work for it. But she gave that child the key. Work hard, and when you fail, learn. Practice what you learn, all right, and work. If you fail, learn. Once you learn, practice again. And after some time, you get to success. In other words, it's not just hard work alone, but do what you know to do. When it doesn't work, you learn how to do it better. All right? It's when you get angry because you failed. That's where you fail. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? Here? So you learn. You put it out there, then you learn. And then you put what you have learned to practice, then you learn more. You put what you have learned to practice, and after some time, you align perfectly there. All right, you've got the knowledge of wisdom. You are studying as you are doing it. You are reading and all of that. You get the knowledge of wisdom and then. So it says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. And anybody who has learned, all right, is really meek. There's a, there's, because life will, will humble you in a way there. So by the time you have this wisdom, it is not wisdom and arrogance. You know, there's somebody in church who was, when she started working, she said she worked in this hotel and she was like front desk person. And when they come to do trainings, banks, all right, you will see the managers there coming and be talking and all of that. He said, the owner of the bank, you just see him quietly behind. Is my room ready? No, all right. Well, what? But the people that they have, what I tell you, this bank, all right. But the person who built it understands things because they have been tempered by things. There is a meekness about them. They too know that when they started this business, they were making some mistakes. So there is a compassion that they have. Once they see the willingness of somebody to do something, they understand it. All right? But it's the people that they called halfway that, that they gave them desk, gave them laptop. The generator was working. The diesel was there. They, they said, well, I don't really like my coffee this way. Those are the ones, all right? That the people that were drinking Gary and, and struggling, they are calm. Right? You understand here? So if you engage life, you'll be very humble. So let me show you the meekness of wisdom is works. Now, but if you have bitter envy and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. 
It says this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, is sensual, and is devilish. For wisdom that is above is pure, is peaceable, is gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy or compassion, full of good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Let me just skip all this. I just go to the point, one point here, and I will close with that. In Exodus chapter 1, this, and because this will tell you what I just said. Exodus 1, and this is the crux of the message, verse 12 to verse 14. Now, Pharaoh, all right, a Pharaoh came that knew not Joseph, came to the throne and felt the Israelites were a threat to their kingdom. So he decided to do so. He said, all right, from verse 10. He said, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass that when they falleth out any war, they join also with our enemies, fight against us, so that, they, so that they get them up out of the land. So he says, therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, uh, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Now, verse 13. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to now serve with rigor. And verse 19. And they made their lives, what? Bitter with hard bondage. Now, once they got them to be bitter about the treatment they were giving them, they had nailed them. Now, once you get bitter, all right, about things that people are projecting on, circumstances around you, once bitterness gets into it, they got you. You are trapped. Now, some can say, well, they, they were treating them wrongly and all of that. But look at what God says here. This is tough, but this is the truth. And this is how you become wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. He said, I've sent you as sheep among wolves. Be ye wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. And this is what Christians need in the marketplace. We need strategic people who understand their assignments. Like Esther was in the courts of the king. And she understood her assignment. And there were things that they were doing. Listen, there were things that they were... You know, you know today I was just meditating and I just saw it that... You know, people were shouting. And I think Satan was trying to bait Jesus when I really saw it. Because Herod killed John the Baptist. John the Baptist ordained Jesus into ministry and was, was Jesus' cousin. Jesus didn't say anything to Herod. He didn't say anything. Jesus didn't say, if it's today, they'll say you must speak truth to power. Did he speak truth to power? Are you, Satan was trying to bait him the way he baited John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist went to accuse Herod of marrying so and so and baited him to it. Now, you have to define what your assignment is. Are you here to die for the sins of the world or to dethrone Herod? You have to define what, what are you assigned by God. If you're assigned to take out Herod, that's your assignment. Then go and do that. But if you're not, that's, you, have to, you have to know what. So Esther was there. Look, there were things they might have done to some Jews. They slapped the Jew. Esther would keep quiet. Because if she talked at that time, that wasn't time. 
there are things that they have done to provoke that Satan wanted her to reveal her identity. And she was just kept quiet and be looking here until the time came that she was in the kingdom for such a time. All right, as is. And once people start getting bitter, a lot of bitterness and all that. Look, they, they, Satan has got you. See what God said. This is a strong scripture, but it's true. Look at Job chapter 35 and verse 8. Job 35 and verse 8. The wickedness, thy wickedness may hurt a man as thou art, and thy righteousness may profit the son of man. Go to, look at verse 7. Let me just, I think it said something in verse 7 before I go to it. Let's go to verse 7 quickly. Uh-huh. Now, it says, if thou be righteous, Eli was telling him, it says, what givest thou him? That means if you are living right, you are not adding anything to God. Next thing it says, or what receiveth he in thy hand? Now, we now told him, verse 8, thy wickedness may hurt a man as thou art, and thy righteousness may profit the son of man. So if you are living right, people are profiting from your life. If you are living wrong, you are hurting people. That's why when he says, when the righteous are in power, the people do what? Rejoice. That word righteous doesn't mean born again. It means people that are, there are many born again wicked people. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying here? There are very wicked individuals who are very oppressive in the office. Okay? There are even wicked pastors that are anointed with wickedness. Uh-huh. So I hope you know that. So, all right? Thy wicked may hunt a man as thy righteous may profit son of man. Verse 9. Now look at what it says. By reason of the multitude of oppression, they make the oppressed to cry. They cry by reason of the arm of the word mighty. Hear what God now said. But none saith, which means they are crying, God, we are being oppressed. He says, but none saith, where is God my maker? Who giveth songs in the night? Who teacheth us more than the beast of the earth? and makes us wiser than the fowls of heaven. He says, they cry, but none giveth answer because of the pride of evil men. Look how he says, surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. In other words, although thou says thou shalt say judgment for, although verses cry, he says, you are not praying the right prayer. The right prayer should be, where is God that gives songs in the night and makes me wiser than the fowls? What you should be asking for is wisdom. That's why the Bible says that if there's bitter envy and strife, which means once you get into bitterness, is a lack of wisdom. What you should pray to God for and ask God, teach me to be wiser than the fowls of the air. They have a boss who is oppressing me. Teach me. How will I be wiser? Which means because if you do that, and because the children of Israel came out of Egypt without learning that wisdom, when they were given their independence, they couldn't handle it. They said, let us go back to bondage. Do you get what I'm saying here? Somebody that's been oppressed, he says, I'm going to resign. God says, resign to what? Because you don't have wisdom to manage your own self. But if you are there, you ask God, grant unto me wisdom. And God begins to teach you things. Then you come out of that place, being a wise person. All right? You, you don't shout. You don't talk. But you understand the game. 
Are you following what I'm saying here? And by the time you finish, they ask you, where did you learn all of these things? Are you following what I'm saying here? You go to God and you ask him, God, teach me that I might be wiser. That's what we need Christians inside the marketplace. Christians that are wiser than the fowls of the air. That are wiser than demonic forces. That are wiser than men. Which means and you're there. And, and because you are wiser that way, you are gentle as a dog, but you are, you are wise as a serpent, but you are harmless as a dog. You don't hurt anybody, but you are super wise. In other words, there's nobody that can come. So if, 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 if you get wealth and they promote you, because of your wisdom, you know how to arrange your life. Uh, are you following what I'm saying here? That you don't get exploited, you don't, you know, you don't, um, you don't um, hurt anybody. Okay, you're not oppressive. If God says somebody becomes governor tomorrow, I hope you know that there are people rejoicing everywhere over your life because they feel that their time has come, which you don't know about. WhatsApp group of primary school, they are rejoicing we have broken through. Secondary school say we have broken through. Your fellowship in church, they are rejoicing broken through. Even the pastor may be saying that we have broken through that our member is governor. By the time they all come and make their demands, you, if you are not wise, you will create enemies from your family member to your village, from your village to your school, from your school, everybody will be your enemy. So you better know how to talk. Are you following what I'm saying here? What would you tell? And if you do what they say you should do, that they are trying to manipulate you as classmates, you are going to jail after that time. <laughs> and when, when you end up in jail, they'll go to the house and say, don't mind him. I was advising him. And they are the ones that pushed you into it. So you better be wise. Are you following say here? Huh. Wise there come in. If you, if, if you are driving... Um, um, Small Toyota Camry, for the sake of your own pistol, you don't change your car too. So when they see you, this useless man, governor, still driving Toyota Camry, then they know that he hasn't even helped himself. <laughs> How can you come and help us? <laughs> you change back. You wear your ankara. Those wear slippers and look at, and you're a governor. And you can't, you have not changed your life. No, go and meet him. He won't, he won't, he, he can't, <laughs> all right? But you to come. They change car, ah, they say, okay, uh, this is our proposal that we have for you. We can do this and do this and do that and do this. And as you finish that proposal, and that one comes again with another proposal. And that one comes again. Someone says, listen to me, my child is just in the desperate time. We need them. How much? They, we, you know, people like that, they don't even call something small. They just say, $257,000. And these are the same people who will be tweeting. Government is corrupt. But when it is their own person, are you following what I'm saying here? Aha. So, and that kind of thing, if God knows you are getting there, he knows you can just sleep at home and be a sad man. That why did I get this position? All my friends are gone. Everybody hates me. So he has to start teaching you wisdom. All right? As you are banking officer, he says, because he knows where you are going, put that terrible boss to 
to make him or her grow. By the time you get to where you are going, uh, do you understand what I'm saying here? In fact, you, you just know straight exactly what to do. Those who are getting chicken for Christmas, you know. Those who are getting goat for Christmas, you know. This is where it is stopping. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right? You know. Okay? And they say, where manner in which you do, or you even select the ones you know are capable and responsible. You can help those ones so that the rest now know that, look, he's a wicked person. It's those other ones that will say, he's not wicked. Something must be wrong with you, too. <laughs> uh, the warfare now, you are not even knowing. You have people fighting for you in the WhatsApp group. Don't mind them. Wicked guys. Uh, certainly, because the, uh, then they will tell those ones, too, can't you remember when you stole pencil in school? Maybe that's why. <laughs> But you have to have grown in what? Wisdom there. All right? As some of you marry, the in-laws will help you to learn what? Wisdom. When they show you like this, it's for you to learn what? Wisdom. Don't be bitter. Don't say, because you came to inherit what they invested in. I mean, you don't know you're inheriting them. <laughs> they invested money in somebody, send the person to school. You just came with lipstick and this carried... <laughs> and destabilized the man and took him away, they are following their investment. So you too will operate in what? Wisdom. Because your time too is coming. When you too will invest, and one woman too will come and shake. <laughs> Say, if I swear for you, swear now. Hey, you know how to swear now. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. And by the power of your spirit, we ask that to establish us in this truth. I'm to bring forth people to life in Jesus' name.